0: Hi, welcome to episode 50 of Invest in You. Today is a special episode, first of all, because episode 50 is a high number and we've stuck around and uh, done this podcast and have had such a great audience for 50 whole episodes, which is amazing in my opinion.
1: We really like your support and my
0: name is Frederick Sandwal. And my name is Charlie Sandwell, and we are going to be introducing a new series called rewind untold stories behind success
1: and the whole reason why i would like to use that so every single time you see that there is like a rewind in the episode title that means that we will go back in someone's past dig deeper find the meaty detail details that really help them to become who they are today
0: any challenges or
1: obstacles they faced exactly or uh, quick wins that they've done and benefited from and uh, I have asked the audience, many people have helped us to see that the best way to do this episode is actually to make it as part of the podcast Invest in You. And
0: it was quite fitting because we are on episode 50, so this is going to be a special episode and introduction to this. Excellent. So starting off, I am going to be interviewing my dad, which is sitting next to me, Frederick Sandwell. First question, can you share a brief version of your background and what you do?
1: Right, so I'm assuming that you must have missed a few episodes. My name is Fredrik Samuel. I am born in Sweden. I've been working all over the world. I think I've been to seven countries so far, of which I've been working in 39. And that list is just growing slow and steady. But I was born in the middle of the countryside in Sweden, just outside a city called Örebro. And there you got around uh, 100,000 people. So, meaning that a not massive city, but still one of the biggest in Sweden, and uh, there I also went to school. I did my first 17, 18 years there.
0: So you have lived in Örebro. Can you? What, what happens next?
1: And uh, in Sweden we had uh, conscript service at the time, so I had the choice to do military service or go to prison. Yes, you're right, totally. <laughs> uh, so you might actually uh, think that's, that's harsh, uh, but you can actually end up going to prison and get at least uh, civil service, where you have to do almost like prison time, where you have to do some kind of specific duty. Anyway, uh, I really like uh, the things that uh, the military brings to one's life, and uh, I did it properly. So I did uh, join the special forces with uh, the navy uh, and the marines. And uh, I really enjoyed that as well. So I stayed on first to become a reserve officer, later a full-time regular officer, and that's brought me all over the world, lots of learning, lots of friends, and, uh, yeah, quite a few challenges as well. I'm sure we can come back to that in this or a future episode. Yeah. Uh, And then, actually, you also were along me on that journey. Can you remember where we went in 2000? six and seven well
0: it depends we we probably
1: can't remember it <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I've, uh, i don't know if dad or my parents have yeah. told me the truth yeah. but i believe somewhere in like lebanon or something
1: yeah so uh, at the time charlie lived with us in lebanon he was super young and then later israel as well yeah so that's part of your story now and then from there we moved to england And uh, I had a couple of times where I relapsed to do more military things linked to aid work, uh, military observer, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I've been working with intelligence, special forces, diplomatic work, uh, aid work, and, uh, yeah, the the list is very long. But there uh, I did a clear cut and went into management consulting. And the cool thing with management consulting is you're very much invited to the forefront of a company you're allowed to work with their biggest challenges and help them to find a solution sometimes you're part of implementing that and sometimes you're not all right uh, and then from management consulting i moved into to do more and more of property i've been doing property passively since 97 that's 1997 from last century uh, but now that's very much part of what, what i do but i still do some consulting part
0: so in the military, uh, I guess that you, le- uh, you stuck around and you picked up some good things. Yep. Is there anything that's been benefiting you that you learned in the military?
1: Absolutely. The, the list is uh, super long. One of the first thing was discipline uh, and then also manage yourself in stressful situations. So coming back to the early days of the military, you got basically... Like a seven to ten week course which is just survival of the fittest, uh, where, where they basically try to mold you into uh, a person that can be a soldier. So started with very, very little sleep, very little food, lots of hard work, uh, lots of tasks, lots of learning, 24-7, carrying lots of heavy things. Uh, many, many people did leave the u- unit. I think we are around 50 when we started and in the end, less than half of us were still around after just a few weeks. So yeah, that that has of course affected me a lot. I still got lots of memories from that time, and uh, and there then you now you are in the shape of a soldier. Now you can start to become a specialist. In my case, I was uh, a leader and uh, learned how to manage uh, a small team or a squad. So yeah, many things I will I will not go further into more details there but discipline springs to mind Uh, don't give up is another one and helping others is another one because you might think that the military is really on the individual it's not Uh, especially in special forces units you're very much dependent on other people
0: that's actually quite true because a lot of selfish people they don't take into consideration that if they help others they might tend to help you as well
1: yep which is something
0: I picked up at least
1: and sometimes you're strong and another day someone else is strong so today we've been uh, skiing do you think that during your day uh, the the two of us and the other people in in the family they've had different times when when they were stronger and weaker
0: yeah that's true so I might uh, might be slightly better than dad at skiing (laughs) it it depends he's he's doing a different kind of skiing
1: he's better than me I agree
0: should we go on with the next question? Yep. So, I have a lot of hobbies, and I assume that you have been a child when you were little? Uh, yes. And uh, one of my hobbies that I think has benefited me is my YouTube channel. And uh, do you have any hobbies that you think might have influenced you or, like, helped you to grow to the person you are today?
1: Right. I did lots of sports, and uh, the early days I did football. Probably what I got from that was working as a team. Winning as a team and <clears throat> losing as a team as well. We were not the best, unfortunately. Uh, so, yeah, football was the least one that springs to mind. Uh, and then I was also part of the Scouts. The Scouts probably influenced me more than anything because I stuck around for a long time. I probably started when I was, yeah, I'm guessing 80 years old. And I, I hang around until I was more than 20. So, as part of that journey... <clears throat> You, we, I learned how to cook, I learned how to be with other people, I learned to live in the wilderness. We organized events. Uh, later, I moved more and more into a like leadership position. Uh, and I was there around, allowed to practice my leadership skills from a very young age until eventually I left the, the scouts. And that has been like learning by doing. So it's very difficult to, to manage people who are really tired for example, doing like an endurance thing, and then taking that into the work life. It's it's very much the same when people are really stressed or they're really tired, how we can get people to just carry on. That, that's a key one from, from the scouts, and the whole collaboration was really fun as well. Uh, and then more than the scouts, uh, I, against what I thought I would do, I joined the... I'm not sure what to call it in English, but basically it's preparation to become an officer. I started that when I was like 14, 15 years old. So I did start to have military training. Do you think that helped me later to pass Special yeah. Forces selection?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. So about getting the experience as quick as possible, maybe.
1: Yeah, and also having good role models. So we had yeah. uh, a really good paratrooper and a couple of commandos who were part of the instructor, instructors at the time. We thought it was really cool to be like them. Uh, and that helped me to be motivated to do physical training.
0: Well, I, I, that was kind of like the question I was about to ask you, which was any role models any role models that has helped you uh, and what have you learned from them, basically?
1: Right, so I have had lots of different mentors and role models in the military and some have taught me how to be as a leader. Some other people have been like negative examples of how how I really don't want to be myself as a leader and as a colleague and as a friend I mm-hmm. uh, would like to stress probably the biggest transition into business, I bumped into a guy on a plane uh, I often uh, talk to people there at least at the time I used to nowadays yes, work on the plane however he was into multi-level marketing, do you know what that is Charlie? not quite It's basically like, if you think like a a pyramid, so on the top is someone who really benefits a lot, and then building from the bottom like lots of people who who sell uh, things. For example, you might know your uh, grandmother is
0: selling Oriflame. Yeah. Is it like a franchise, maybe? Yeah, it's almost like a franchise in a way. And like have a bottom maybe is the employees.
1: Yeah, so you you got uh, the permission to sell things and so on, and uh, you can make uh, money, and you can also have things leverage so if you're really good at leading other people you can also help other people become good Mm. in in inverted commas under you so you start to make money from their work thereby you can raise more and more and more in the organization and you can actually start to make a so-called passive income yeah but it's not a fully passive at all anyway uh, this guy he was trying to explain what multi-level marketing was for me and he was of course trying to recruit me Uh, he almost succeeded One thing he did, he introduced me to a book that I had never heard about at that time. It was called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Ooh, Ooh, what's that about, Charlie? Well, that's (laughs)
0: about how to get out of the rat race and uh,
1: so on. And and that was really um, an important moment for me. Even if we just met that time in another few phone calls... Yes, the introduction to rich dad, poor dad, that changed my life forever. My dad has been in in property dabbling for many years. So he might have bought a property and another property, uh, but not really optimized to use it to his best advantage. Not really using like the key things, for example, location, 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 uh, getting that not 100% right either. But what I really liked from the rich dad, poor dad was, of course, getting out of the rat race in the first place, Uh, real estate secondly and also to be a business owner and investor Uh, and from that day onwards i have been doing even more of investments even more of property even more of businesses so that was uh, a key time for me and that was around 17 years ago now so having heard about that if you just draw your own parallel to your
0: life Charlie, how old are you at the moment uh, 13 I was about to say 12
1: 13 uh. yeah so 13 plus 17 when you're 30 it was a couple of years ago since I introduced you to Rich Dad Poor Dad you think that you will have a fairly solid income when you reach 30 yeah 30? I think
0: uh, that since uh, overtraining I've had when I was young it will benefit me and I will start early on and uh, hopefully become uh, a
1: rich man yeah so all I'm saying is It is not a get-rich-quick scheme. For example, in my case, I had a lovely wife. I still have got this lovely wife, Harriet, and uh, she is super risk-averse. So even if we had property that we own at that time, uh, we had a a nice house in in the outskirts of Stockholm, and we also had a, a, a commercial property. Even if that was the case, guess if I was allowed to buy more property at the time? Not really. No, I wasn't. I had to prove myself before I was allowed to get more property. And uh, and later on that journey, maybe another six years on, uh, I ran into property education in the UK. Same thing there. I was I had to prove myself to be able to invest into myself. So I couldn't really do any of these more expensive property training courses, which delayed my success even further. So this long start has included everything from like... Uh, Please don't destroy my uh, closest pen. That is for uh, closing good good deals, and you are killing it. <laughs> Do you know what closing is in business?
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I just signed a four hundred fifty k agreement with us okay. Yeah, I was scared the top one again. <laughs> please, please, don't destroy it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm partly kidding, but it's uh, it's also partly true as well. In t- uh, t- to you, that to close big deals.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Back to 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 the story there. So my wife re- did really not at all like this whole idea with investing in property. And that alone took me almost 10 years to get over that objection and objection handling. And, and some of us might have someone else very close to us stopping our entrepreneurial spirit by just thinking that is very risky. But you can get around that. And we've seen so many examples of that lately when I moved to a higher level of, of peer group where it's very doable, it's very repeatable, it's teachable, it's scalable. So, yeah, that was a tough one. What was actually the question when we started? It was about role models. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I heard many more role models in terms of books I've been reading, many from the military, many from work. Uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll stop there.
0: Yeah. Um Would you like to share an untold story that shaped you or um, had a great impact on your life, basically?
1: Okay, I think I'll take uh, a survival training from my early days. With this military training, before the military even started, uh, we were sent off uh, all over the countryside... To solve a number of missions. We were supposed to solve tasks just as a paratroop uh, team would solve it. So they took basically the best four of us out of of the many, many more people who were part of this training. And uh, we were let loose to solve a number of tasks. And with this in mind, we obviously were not allowed to eat. So we had to walk for a very long distance. We had to solve tasks. We were not really allowed to eat anything at all. Uh, And that helped me to grow a lot as an individual and also really push my boundaries substantially. Uh, We really enjoyed it, (coughs) at least afterwards. (coughs) Sorry. So when when solving all those tasks of that great team, uh, Three out of the four later turning into officers and also many of us also joined special forces as well. And, uh, and the people who did not follow through, they did not pass through special forces selection later either. So that was a great learning uh, in, in endurance, uh, pushing yourself, moving boundaries. And those things have been with me ever since that you can just move your comfort zone substantially Uh, what is normal to someone is not at all normal to someone else and it was probably at that time it was really really clear to me that I don't want to be normal I would like to do something more with my life etc and and that was uh, a pivotal move from being like yeah better than normal uh, better than average to substantially better and really push 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 Uh, And you can see how that has also affected my business today.
0: That's quite interesting because I've never sat down and took the time to get to know dad properly. So that's (laughs) interesting. So another example of uh, an untold story, maybe about your job and what what you've worked with.
1: Right, I'll take one where uh, we were working on winning a deal together. So I was working with management consulting and at the time I was tasked to help them to win a major bid. So framework was, it is in the telecom sector. It was linked to winning an IT contract, something which is not my speciality, but I am good at selling and closing winning deals. And everything we did is really, really back to basic. It's fundamental. It makes sense. But even if it makes sense, most people wouldn't do it. So what does that mean? They were tasked to win a big contract. We're talking many, many millions worth of contract to win. And they were in great competition with the usual suspects, for example, uh, IBM, which you probably have heard about, uh, many other big brands out there, uh, Accenture, another one, in consulting. And despite this very tough Competition. What we did is combining some of my military intelligence skills with marketing research, with preparation, and doing it right, plus doing what's uncomfortable to most people. So we figured out all the personal information, which is very much open and available online, which means we can find and thereby bridge making connections. Many of the salespeople, the leaders of this organization can very much adopt their behavior, their pitch, their everything to the receiver of the message. While they did that, also finding ways how you can accidentally bump into people. Can you see what I mean, solely with uh, creating a situation where actually you yeah. can meet people, even if they, did, they might not plan to or, or want that to happen uh, initially. So building, therefore, a uh, foundation of knowledge to leverage that into a relationship, and the relationship will then allow a conversation and discussion. And uh, this can of course be prepared, prepared with role play, which we did. We can also use the massive skills amongst the people in that team. Having said all of that, uh, then when it's time to do any kind selling, when it's big contracts, it's selling on many levels. So you need to influence the top management. You need to influence the people who are working with uh, the specific subject at hand. You also need to work with their procurement or buying unit, whatever that might be. So all of these things helps to craft the right proposal and then later to influence and and guide that proposal through to winning. And you need to win on every single level. Do you see what I mean, Sholy? So if the CEO would like to buy from you and the technical people, and the buying people, and all of them think that this is the right thing, do you think in the end of the day that they will only look upon the, the cheapest price? Yeah. No. They will also look upon... So
0: Sorry, one, one more time.
1: That's okay. So if if all of the people in the organization think this is the best solution, do you think that they still might consider it even if it's not the cheapest? Yes, because it's the right solution and yeah, best solution okay, fine. like you. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, right. So uh,
0: When I heard cheap, I was like, yeah, cheap yeah, is good. Yeah. Uh,
1: so the whole learning that the price is not the only thing that matters. The relationship is a big one and also adjusting whatever you sell to the buyer. And in the end of the day, they did win the contract, which is fantastic as well. And then last but not least, when you're doing something like that, I recommend to celebrate the success as well as to obviously deliver on whatever you promised so big learnings to take out of that is sometimes it's useful to bring in external experts to help you to solve the task Uh, it's really nice to understand who is on the other side in any kind of negotiation Mm. communication whatever it might be and uh, winning together is fun regardless what the sport is even if it's in business
0: yeah well Some great stories by you, Frederick. It's nice to get to know you a bit better, even though you're my dad. (laughs) Well, I have another question that I've written down while you while you were speaking. Yep. Of any people, if you're um, comfortable by sharing, of any people who have taken away from your life, and what have you learned from them? How do you mean? So, some people might have uh, tricked you, or have been like a bad partner, or something like that.
1: Yeah. Stories. Uh, I got many. Uh, of course, because sometimes you have a relationship with someone, they they might break your trust, uh, and uh, sometimes people try to trick you. Uh, all of that stuff happens, and uh, uh, of course, as I says, like investor on my LinkedIn, I get proposals from all over the world. Some of them might be genuine, uh, other ones might be just there to try to trick me. Uh, so. The temptation to jump on something which is like too good to be true is always there and we have to fight it with ourselves. And uh, yeah, I have uh, spent money. I call it learning money when I have lost it. For example, on the stock market, once I have invested in a company which went completely bust because they were kind of like playing with the numbers. So in the end of the day, you thought you were investing in a, in a solid company when it wasn't. So at that time I lost like 25K.
0: Thanks, Dad. So I think we're going to wrap up. And it's, it was great to have you and it was interesting to hear from you. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm sure that we will maybe interview you and ask different questions another time. Otherwise, right. we're going to have other guests on this series, what we we supposed to say. So the whole idea with
1: Rewind is to go deeper, go back into history about things that made people really change. They might have pivoted. They might have really had a a massive thing happening in their life linked to business, life, health, and ultimately forced them to do different things and made them into who they are today, which might on the surface look really, really great. But guess what? It might have been like 20 years in the making to be an overnight success.
0: Yeah. Thank you for listening. It has been great to do this podcast with my dad. I hope to do more of these in the future because it was really nice to listen to and interview dad. So I hope if you liked this, uh, please leave us, leave us a five star review because we would love, we would love to read it in a future episode.
1: So number one, if you like this, subscribe and uh, then you have got the rating as Charlie said, but most importantly, if you write a review, we will of course read it and share it with a lovely audience. And that helps us to reach even more people because we are doing this to help you and many, many others to find new ideas in business life to make the best out of it.
0: Thank you for listening. Goodbye.
1: Bye-bye.